Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. This is Sarah Poet, and I'm so excited to get you this episode today with Lauren Cran. Ah, it was such a powerful experience to be in this interview with Lauren, and I want to speak to that first, okay? Kind of insider scoop. Um, I never record podcasts with the video most of the time because I'm sitting with my eyes closed, kind of like I am now on my meditation cushion and I'm just channeling, you know, I'm just being in the flow and I'm connecting to the audience with my intention. And I was coming into this podcast and I had the intuition, huh, I think we're supposed to keep the video on today. And so I asked, I said, what would you prefer? And he said, I would prefer to keep the video on. And to be honest, I am so grateful that Lauren said that because I was able to experience both the visual as well as the verbal and audio of his energy. And I really encourage you to, you know, watch some of his um, Instagram videos and go to some of his webinars because there is a presence that is really um, coming from and emanating from Lauren that is very, very different in my experience. And what happened, and I do speak to this a little bit in the podcast because I just let him know that this was happening for me, um, my whole system as a woman who identifies as a feminine being, my system actually, when I say system, I'm talking about nervous system and energetic system actually began to relax and reorient as soon as we started having this conversation. So any energetic that I may have had of, you know, being erect in the space holder um, energetic or, you know, a masculine energetic was, I'll say, transmuted. And I was a little bit surprised that it was happening because it was so palpable. And I am pretty darn sure that you are going to be able to feel this in his voice. So that's what I would like to um, invite as you're listening to this really powerful transmission from Lauren, which I really want to say, I think that's what's happening here. I mean, these are high level energetic transmissions that this man is bringing forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your work um, and for doing this, Lauren. And um, the, the transmissions can actually affect your energy field. And so I would say if you're a feminine identifying being, allow the vibration of the voice as well as the information that's being transmitted, allow it to interact with your system. So this might even be a good episode to listen to when you're willing to take the hour and sit still and be on a meditation cushion and feel the energetics 
okay, because they are in here. And then if you are a masculine identifying being, um, you know, I don't know exactly what I would say to you, but it's like, listen to how he um, is holding that masculine um, in him, because it, it's a very different transmission of masculine energy than we're used to in the world, to be quite honest, because a lot of the time around a masculine essence being, there is still a level of um, defensiveness and the feminine uh, nervous system or the feminine energetic. And, you know, the day that we recorded this, I was, uh, I had exercise, like high impact exercise, and my child was in the house. um, And I was like in you know, kind of like take control mode. I don't know if that's the right version of, of that, of saying that, but, um, you know, I was, I was amped up and, um, being the only parent in my child's house, you know, I was taking care of business. Right. And so I was, I guess I was like alert, I would say also. And so as, um, he began talking, my system was just so encouraged to relax and to settle. And the energetic actually, um, left from, you know, like a, a upper body energetic of, of going and space holding. And I settled down into, uh, like my back body was more present. My, my stomach was, um, more relaxed. So really fascinating. And I'm just really grateful for this entire conversation. Uh, thank you, Lauren, for being here on the sacred remembering podcast. Welcome to anyone who is listening to this, who might be new to the podcast and and, um, new to my work, you can find me at sarahpoet.com. And yes, all yes to all of this um, divine work of coming into new understanding of feminine and masculine and how we are relating. And um, without further ado, here is the interview. Today's guest, Lauren Kren, is the best-selling author of the book Understand Women Better and a teacher of deep intimacy. His approach to intimate relationships and sex is provocative, radical, and life-altering. He helps men and women all around the globe experience deep and healthy intimacy through embodying masculine and feminine dynamics in their relationships through his podcast, social media appearances, coaching, and workshops. You can find him on Instagram at Lauren Kren and at laurenkren.com. Hello, Laureen. Thank you for coming to the Sacred Remembering Podcast today. Welcome. It is an honor to be here, Sarah. It's such an honor to have you. Um, there aren't many men that have been on the podcast. And um, at, when I discovered your Instagram a few months ago, I thought, mm. who is this man that understands these things? <laughs> 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 thank you for understanding these things. Uh, so thank you for coming to speak to the audience. And I really get excited about these um, man-woman conversations and these mm. masculine feminine conversations where we'll talk about polarity and um, and much more, much more today. Why don't you introduce yourself for everyone? Mm. To put it into one sentence, what I do is I help men and women experience deep intimacy in their life and with a very special focus on not just understanding masculine feminine dynamics on a conceptual level but embodying masculine feminine dynamics and you mentioned this before union between or harmony between the masculine and the feminine that's my approach to deep intimacy i prefer the word deep intimacy because people use the word sacred intimacy everywhere and i always need to come up with my own with my own style so i just use the word deep intimacy yeah deep intimacy 
So I'm just going to drop in authentically. We decided to keep the video on for this. And before the call, I had um, I had my mud water. It's morning here. It's mm. probably your evening, but I had my mud water, which has a little bit of caffeine, but like all of these delicious herbs in it. And, and I exercised for an hour and I'm sort of exploding with energy right now and, and enthusiasm to be here with you. And then as you begin talking and presencing and I'm hearing your voice, it's actually regulating my system. So you're embodying <laughs> this intimacy that you're talking about. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, okay. My feminine is actually settling um, in, in this presence. So I'm curious to, to know more about you. <laughs> Hmm. And and so I want I would love to just ask a little bit about your story and yeah. how you came to these discoveries that you're that you're embodying that that is your work. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, it's always difficult to describe exactly what happened because I myself don't really know what happened. Um, I can, especially in, when I'm asked to speak in podcasts where there is not such a heavy focus on spirituality, on the spiritual side of my work, um, it's always challenging to explain, okay, this and this happened, but yeah, how do you explain a shift in consciousness, right? But to to make it the most practical, I would say it's like this, I didn't study with a specific mentor. I never read all the books about Tantra because some people tell me, oh, where have you studied? With whom have you studied? Which book have you read? And I, I got this message once from a guy who said, I want to do exactly what you are doing. What is your path? And then I forgot to answer. It's also not important, but even if I would have answered, I would have just disappointed that guy because the truthful, embodied, honest answer would have been nothing of what I did would get you to where I am. And this is not meant in an arrogant way, but this is just meant in a way, nothing of what I did, something specific led me to this, a book or whatever. But what has led me to this was a lot of suffering and my father died very early in my life. He died of cancer. He went through chemotherapy. I would wake up in the middle of the night, him vomiting. And it was just an extremely traumatizing experience. And when he died and he died in my arms, I had this, ex I had this first encounter with, with death. And I mean, then I started reading a lot of spiritual literature and just, it was an incredible experience because I just experienced so much suffering that I really didn't know where to go, what to do. I mean, there was never this idea that I would take my life, never. I always had this kind of warrior approach that no matter what happens, I would just not go down there or go into this energy or these thoughts. But I had so much suffering, so much rage inside me. And it was just such an intense energy. And I did not know how to deal with that really strong fire within me. And I was just desperately seeking and searching and trying to find freedom, but in such a obsessed and intense way. And one experience followed after the other, the suffering became more and more intense. I couldn't deal with my own mind anymore. And that's when I started to experience moments where mm, I'm very careful always how I, how I, how I explain that, but I would say moments of altered states of consciousness. And at that moment, I of course had no idea what I was going through. So that's how I knew only in hindsight later that um, on a conceptual level, I had no idea what I was going through, but there were some really deep shifts. And when I expressed that to people around me, even in spiritual communities, everyone talked it down. So I thought, okay, that probably nothing, just my ego, right? I'm just lost. But the more and more I, I, went into breath work and it's just there came a point in my life where I wasn't in, in this relationship right and it was really really dysfunctional relationship really dysfunctional 
And at some point I just realized, okay, I need to go, I need to go out of this relationship. A voice told me you need to leave. So I followed that and I don't know exactly what happened afterwards, but after this relationship, after I made that deep decision, decision to choose my heart, to choose my truth, to listen to that guidance, just something really deep shifted. And I know this is for the people listening. This is not practical, but what I can say is to put it into one sentence, it's there were so many experiences of suffering that it just opened my heart towards something greater and something deeper. And all the teachings I share, they come from within. I call it my inner teacher. They come from within. And finally, then I, if I look into some books or people tell me, hey, that's that teaching, this and this person said that, but I have no idea who that person is. It just came from me. And that is basically where I'm at <laughs> and how it all happened. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. The soul path and following mm. and honoring the soul path and and that truth. I think that that uh, decision point, you know, am I going to align to the suffering and, and search for the answers outside of myself, or am I going to look in the truth and trust trust that inner teacher? Uh, so thank you for doing that and bringing your work forward. Uh, kindred spirits, for sure. There's so much similarity between our stories, just as you've shared, um, or the amount that you've shared in embracing the suffering um, to be the teacher. And then the point of choosing the truth and choosing the heart. And I, too... I, there's nowhere that this feminine and masculine stuff was coming from other than like up and out of me. <laughs> Same. And then um, in the experiences with partners and men and healing my trauma. And I noticed that you talk a lot about the nervous system and the role of the body and, and um, providing safety. And that's where my work with feminine and masculine started as well. It's like, we have a lot to heal here as humans. Um so we can't can't bypass those those parts that are still um, you know traumatized or suffering inside of us, even though that's not the whole of us. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I had this. I have the. I can so I so resonate with this because I had the exact same experience. It's there was no way I could come up with this masculine feminine dynamics. And, and, and honoring the awakened feminine, this, this just came through, but it comes through with such an intensity. It's almost like the harmony or to reach a state of balance between the masculine and feminine on a collective level and on an individual level is just so important. It's almost like, it's almost like my inner teacher is almost like saying, this is it, more, more about this, more about this. And also the resonance from people about this work is incredible. Like, I'm sure you have a similar experience, but when clients come to me, it's like, whoa, finally I can work on this. I had, I had no one to work, to talk about this, no one to work through this. And people are looking for that embodiment more than ever before. And that's such a tricky part. I mean, this is not something I didn't mention about my story, but this is why I mentioned before understanding that on in, just on a conceptual level, you can read about masculine feminine dynamics, read about how to heal the masculine, how to heal the feminine. But the truth is there needs to come embodiment and embodiment is always an experience. And that is the difference in my opinion between a teacher and <laughs> We're all students, right? But that is the difference between a teacher and someone who is just coming from a book or, or I just read some texts is that the teacher had the embodied experiences. Does that make the, does that make the teacher perfect? Does that mean the teacher is always embodied? No. I openly, vulnerably always share about my experience. I would never say I'm always embodying this. No, I've got my, I've got my trauma. And also just because I'm a vessel for this does not mean that I don't have my abandonment wounds and <laughs> my triggers and my anger and all of that. And just like you said, and that's, these wounds are so deeply rooted in just because you have a lot of guidance and you open up to guidance doesn't mean you're magically healed and this perfect human being. Completely agree. Completely agree. And experience that myself. Um, 
I would love to dive into what you said about the awakened feminine. You know, I think mm-hmm. that we can agree that you are a rare specimen of man um, to be uplifting the awakened feminine. Um, and so I don't want to bypass female responsibility on this podcast. I want to talk about that as well. Um, but I would like to go into the area of um, the awakened feminine, you know, the exalted feminine, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I work with a lot of women who have had so many things happen in the reflection of the masculine, be it, you know, the the masculine God and religious trauma or trauma with fathers, trauma with men. And so there are so many dynamics there on the embodied level, on the mental level, the psyche, the spiritual. Um, but she's trying to come back into her power. And, you know, previous feminism would have said, well, just take the power back. You know, it was this power over approach to feminine. And the women that I see in my circles right now are not interested in that kind of feminism. They're not interested in like the, the fight that that requires from the nervous system. They really want to know how to be in their personal power and honor men and also call men forward, you know, this is the complication of, of what we're living right now. There's, there's a question. When you say the awakened feminine, how does a woman come to that in light of everything she's been experiencing. Yeah. I mean, what I call the awakened feminine is the oracle of the feminine. So I, the way I, the way I say this is every woman has an oracle within and the oracle of a woman is the embodied intelligence of the universe. That is how I like to put it, which means the oracle is basically universal intelligence. It has nothing to do with a woman's personality, her traumas, what she has experienced, all of that. And when a woman is able to embrace own and embody her own oracle more, then she is able to basically channel or to embody universal intelligence. There is nothing greater than universal intelligence. And that universal intelligence that is what we what I call the oracle of the feminine, right? It's just no matter how an such an, what an incredible level of consciousness a man reaches, he can't do it on his own. He always needs the counterpart of the feminine. He needs the oracle to get initiated into higher states of consciousness. But at the same time, the feminine also needs the container of the masculine, a safe container where she can embody and surrender more to her oracle. And this is the dance. And we need each other in this dance. And feminism, the way it started was fantastic because living in a patriarchy and masculine dominated world with a masculine ego is just pure hell. And Feminism started initially as a very important movement because we needed that, that rebalancing. But then as it is with all movements in this world, it becomes dogmatic. We try to make this the number one solution. So extreme feminism now is saying, oh, for instance, I don't know what it exactly is saying, but it's like all men are bad and, 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 and fuck men and all of that really going to the extremes. And that is in the end creating so much pain and suffering again because we need one another to move into harmony. And it is this dependence of one another that makes this work so beautiful. Because if there were, people always say, I want to be detached. And there's this whole teaching about in the spirit community, you need to be detached, detached, detached. And while that is true, there is a dependence. We need one another. And the idea that, that just 
just we can do everything on our own is just so limited because when we when we enter the dance together, the masculine and the feminine, whether that is two women, two men, depends just on the energetic poles. Um, when we enter this dance, we are able to initiate each other constantly into higher states of consciousness. It's almost like the evolution of consciousness. The way I put it is this, the universe is ever evolving. Consciousness is ever expanding. Consciousness is not stuck. Consciousness is not stagnant. And the same is with the dance between the masculine feminine, between Shiva and Shakti. The same is in a relationship. The same is with intimacy. Intimacy is always expanding, always evolving. And when we own our energetic responsibilities in this dance, the woman owns her oracle, which means she allows the universe to move through her. Maybe that's through a test. And that test can be that the man has to set more boundaries with her that that could be one of the ways a test can express itself or a test can express itself that she just wants him to hold the space to be able to deeply listen that's that's in the end so mysterious anyway but when a woman owns and embodies her oracle and a man embraces the challenges and tests which don't come from her personally or which come from the universe, then both are able to move into harmony. And not just move into harmony, both are able to heal at a at a at the deepest level possible. You are definitely channeling an evolution in consciousness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this feminine oracle, I love, I love that you honor it as such. I would love to hear you speak a bit more as to how a woman comes into this and, and there's her own practices. And then I'm hearing you say she comes into this in the reflection of men. Um, practically speaking, how does a woman hold and hone the oracle in the light of we're recovering from a patriarchal system and she's got trauma in her system. How does she increasingly hold that energetic? By having the trust and deep knowing that the Oracle is what keeps her safe, right? So many women try to find safety by being overly in their masculine energy. And I truly get that from trauma, right? From so much trauma, men not treating them the way they deserve to be treated, the way they deserve to be honored, right? And it's just, it's it's also about this constant energetic crossing of boundaries. That's what's happening in the world constantly. And this is something so subtle. And one could say, well, yeah, but nothing happened, but something did happen. And just a small comment or something that's really belittling a woman that, that, that can be enough to traumatize someone. And, and we just have to be very conscious of such things. But to answer your question, it's by having this innate trust and knowing that even though it's really intense to surrender, to drop more into your feminine energy, and it feels ultra unsafe. If you are truly dropped in, you are more safe than you could ever be. And this is where the confusion is. So many women believe that they are not safe when they drop into their feminine. But when you are truly dropped in, you are universal intelligence. You are smarter than any fucking being that you encounter. You foresee things. You know exactly not just how to set boundaries, but how to energetically shield yourself. Some people might say this is woo-woo, but there is a story uh, in shamanism where a woman goes into into some, I don't know, the Bronx or whatever, some areas where it's just dangerous and, and she goes there just with a skirt and not really wearing a lot at night all the time. And this is just a story. I don't recommend anyone to do this, please, but it's just a story. And when she was asked, whoa, but someone gets shot or something happens all the time there, why does nothing happen to you? She just says, because it's because of my energy, Right. And 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 this, the, the the teaching here is the oracle. 
the oracle protects you. But when you are constantly just in your masculine and, and trying to seek safety there, which perfectly makes sense, but then you're cut off from the oracle. And then the universe is not able to move as powerfully through you as it could. And of course, there are many subtle nuances to this. But when a woman has this, understands this at a deeper embodied level, that the oracle is what keeps you safe, then I'm going to say something as provocative as this. No man can cross your boundaries then. And you don't have to be completely masculine and scream and shout at him or anything, but just from your softness, there is there comes such a fierceness. I call it the, make it poetical, the tender blade of the feminine, right? It's mm-hmm. a very tender blade. And, and people are like, yeah, but, uh, but there's no power in there. But mm-hmm. from, from softness, from really being dropped into your feminine, there is incredible power, incredible mm-hmm. power. Beautiful. Thank you for honoring that. Hmm. So the topic, the, the culturally popular topic of submission is coming mm. to mind. Yeah. Um, you know, because we, we have so many different ways that we're playing with these words, feminine and masculine, and with these concepts and, and how to come back into uh, right relationship or deep intimacy or polarity. I mean, there's a lot of theories on this. And a, a place where I definitely meandered on my journey was when I realized that I had been wearing that masculine shell, if you will, mm. like I had been powering through holding the masculine pole in my marriage. Um, I was a school principal. I could lead things. I was taking care of things, but I was getting sick and my feminine was, you know, nowhere to be found or it was, but I didn't know how to honor it. And then I began to remember and she like began calling over the years, there was still an effort to defer to the masculine, like this myth or this concept that a woman should give away a portion of her power in submission Mm. to the masculine, which is somehow supposed to energetically elevate a man into his masculinity. And I found out the hard way a few times that that does not work. It did not work for me. I can tell that you and I both look at energetic nuances. Um, and so I would love to hear you speak on that because there's a piece of, and uh, when you're listening, you can't see it, but we're talking with our hands a little bit. And there's the center line motion that you were referring to. And when we're coming into the Oracle and we're remembering the feminine as women, and we're claiming that sacred feminine there can be a, I'll say, vacuousness where we are looking for that man to be the external safety or the man to be the external holder of the pole and the, and the masculine domination and in a good way. And, and we're looking for that, you know, somebody fill that in in the good way. Um, and, and that personal power from within that central column is, is lost for a time, you know? So I hear you talking about the Oracle as um, having having realized that power with with the sweetness and the heart of the feminine yeah and it's this is really powerful and important i believe here is just a misunderstanding in the world about what surrender means mm-hmm. because this is again provocative what i will say but if you truly surrender you are safe you are protected because your surrender has nothing to do with giving your power away. Nothing. Is there a risk? Always. There is always a risk in some sense. It's of, You're not necessarily giving your power away, but the moment you surrender to a man, there is a risk. And there is the risk that he, he goes beyond boundaries, energetic boundaries. Absolutely. But, and this maybe we can talk about this later, but your Oracle will be able to tell you that when you're really dropped in, you will know whether a man can hold the space or not. But again, to, to your question here and to the powerful, the power of you of what you were speaking about, 
it's surrender is just greatly misunderstood. Surrender is not just a passive, I give myself away to you. My woman, and I've never met anyone who embodies the oracle at such a deep level, she, when she surrenders, <laughs> there, there is no com there is no quality of her giving her power to me. And the moment I would create a container that's not safe, she would call me out the second and mirror me that through her consciousness, through her body, through her expression, right? Through her voice, through her breath, everything. So <laughs> yes, there is always some risk involved, but still, if you truly surrender, you don't give your power away. You expand your power. And also, of course, you don't just surrender to a man. That is ludicrous and completely insane. You can't be, I mean, sometimes I'm sorry, but sometimes women ask me, how can I surrender? But it feels so unsafe. I'm like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Maybe it just feels unsafe because um, because really he's actually showing up powerfully and, and you get, there's just these fears that something like in the past will happen. But oftentimes there is this clear warning and red flags and that is not a time to, to surrender. But, um, the thing is when, when you truly surrender to a man and, and, and he's creating a safe container, then that will expand your power, multiply amplify your power and here is the crucial part he won't have anything on you he won't control anything he won't own anything in that sense because you are just like the wind or the ocean you go from one place to the other and there is this constant notion and understanding also in his body whoa she surrenders however that doesn't mean she belonged to me she surrenders now because now I'm creating a safe container. But if the next second I'm creating an unsafe container, there won't be surrender. And that is not giving your power away. That is opening in the moment, opening when there is safety, letting your femininity blossom in a safe container, right? In strong masculine presence and masculine heart and spine and all of that. But the moment that is not there, that environment is not vivid, alive, you don't surrender. And then surrender is something that comes from the deepest core of your being and not a submission in that sense or you giving your power away. And, and that is why people get so triggered around this kind of work, right? Oh my God, but, but that means giving my power away. That means no longer being independent. No, it means amplifying your power. But again, this is just intellectual. It has to be an embodied experience. And then you just know it won't be a question anymore. Mm. And I think, to, I know I answered very long here, excuse me, but it's just- No, please, please. A lot of people ask a lot of questions. How, why, when, this, that, but all of that comes from mind. All of that is mind. Yeah, but the 1% and if I calculate and this, this is not how it works. It needs to be embodied a knowing. And from that knowing, everything will arise and everything will harmonize. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so trusting the self, like you were talking about on the soul journey, the next thing that arises is exactly the thing that that is ready to unfold. I would love to hear you talk about the feminine testing You've been talking about feminine testing, and I think this is this is unique. This is a term that you've come up with. Yeah, it, it yeah. might be. It might be that I came up with the term. Maybe <laughs> it was there in some way or another, like the testing of a woman, but but yeah. I just called it feminine testing. Yeah. I recently did a masterclass about this, and it was my most booked out masterclass. Like the the amount of people um yearning for that and wanting to understand at a deeper level what feminine testing is just blew me away i was like That's yeah awesome yeah and congratulations <laughs> thank you but uh, sorry did, did you so wait? what what is yeah. feminine testing yeah um feminine testing is a protection mechanism 
of the universe to ensure that the masculine is fulfilling their destiny. I've never put it in this way, but it makes total sense. Um, th th why? Because, you see, the thing with men is, and with us men, we can get very comfortable, very comfortable in the feminine. All the validation, the cuddling, you know, just it's getting very comfortable, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to relax, right? I'm going to lean back and I have no work to do and all of that. And, I mean, if you would live like that, then there would be no evolution of consciousness. That's, that's, that's relaxing. But relaxing from what? You know, it's just leaning back and chilling on the couch, whatever. And this is kind of the protection mechanism of the universe to ensure through constant feminine testing that the masculine is showing up in the most powerful way possible. Because, and here is the thing, when a man really shows up in the most powerful way possible, then he affects everything around him. Everything is safe. His entire energy is just embodying safety for everyone. Younger generations, the feminine, everyone. It's just this, this container, the protector of the world is one way to put it. And so this is one thing of the feminine testing. The other part of feminine testing is the constant initiation into higher states of consciousness. Um, and, and that is very interesting because a lot of people here come in and say, yeah, but the masculine has to lead the relationship energetically. And, and there is some truth there in the dance and the dynamic. However, the feminine not necessarily initiates new levels of consciousness, but she invites and provokes and, and pokes new levels of consciousness, deeper levels of intimacy. So she's basically inviting through her constant testing. And when the man is passing that testing, both are able to enter deeper realms of intimacy. And feminine testing is also, I mean, it's also the remembrance of, okay, I need to show up right now. Because otherwise a man could be showing up powerfully for a couple of days and that would be it, right? He has done his work. He has shown up powerfully. But feminine testing ensures that he shows up consistently in each moment, chooses his deepest presence, his full heart, as much as to the best of his capabilities. And one last thing I'm going to say here is feminine testing is comes from the oracle, symbolic intelligence of the universe, which means it's the universe testing the masculine. And this is very mysterious, right? Mm. Mm. And again, when people ask me practical, give me practical stuff, <laughs> how exactly? And then when she says this and this, no, 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 it's the universe. It's mysterious and it's meant to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, and both evolving in this inquiry together. Yeah, because that that's what I was thinking. You answered the question. It was like, well, the feminine test needs to come through the oracle. Otherwise, it's, it's just, you know, it's potentially damaging and um, more of the same, um, you know, chaos in, in relating. So is this a, it's an energetic as well as sometimes verbal, sometimes her body is, you know, um, contracting and moving away. Like all of those would be examples of, of the feminine test of the Oracle testing the man to, to come into his greater consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's, that's the mysterious part about it. It's, it mostly, the way it expresses itself is, is or, or let's let's make it a little bit more practical. A, a super easy example is, um, let's say a man um, says he's going to clean the dishes, right? Super super practical example. And she says he says this to his woman, "I'm going to clean the dishes," and 
he then ends up not doing it. And then he says, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it later. And he's really busy and distracted and focused on other things. And then it's 9 p.m. And she's like, whoa, you didn't do the dishes. And there is this irritation that comes from her. There's, he, he, can just, he can just sense. And in the air, it's like everything is fucked. Like, whoa. <laughs> there's like irritation. There's like, whoa. And the first impulse mostly of most men is then to react heavily. Yeah, but what the fuck is your problem? I just forgot. I had other things to do. But it's not about the content. It's not about the dishes. She couldn't care less. Well, maybe it's important in some way, the content. But what it's about is, is she is yearning for more presence. Because if he says, I'm going to do the dishes, and he ends up not doing it, it means he has forgotten to do it. And the only way he has forgotten to do what he has said he's going to initially do in the first place is because he has lost presence. He has lost consciousness. He went somewhere into his mind. <laughs> and this doesn't mean that he's lost, but he just got distracted. And mm. even if something, even if something gigantic would have happened, like he earned, he signed in a new client or whatever, she would still be irritated because mm. she yearns for him to always hold and be grounded in the highest state of consciousness that is available to him in these moments, his Shiva nature. And mm -hmm. whenever he's not doing that, she will test him. And mm. some might say, whoa, but that's really intense. What's her problem? No, that's exactly what a man needs. And when a man embraces that, he's like, whoa, wait a second. For the oracle of my feminine, if I truly listen, if I truly embrace it, then basically I'm going to say something provocative. I've found a shortcut to enlightenment. Not that there is a shortcut and that it's easy or something like that, but it just goes much, much faster, much, much faster. Mm -hmm. I Honestly, you're blowing me away. Mm. <laughs> I feel blown away. Uh, in this moment, because I just hear so, uh, I, I honestly hear so few men um, speaking like this. And um, there, there is so much in my feminine system that is actually relaxing mm -hmm. in your presence and in the presence of this conversation. So just, you know, from, from one soul searching practitioner to another, like, thank you. And um, bowing to you honoring that truth and walking the journey because um, these codes are needed uh, in in the world. And I love the the devotion and unification with which you speak. Like nothing in the past was a mistake. All of that happened, you know, to get us here. And here are the opportunities. And so there's there's a natural diffusing of tension in an area that could potentially be so tense um, in the in the way that you are speaking about these things, honoring the oracle. You know, I've been talking about men coming back um, to you know like a an initiation with the feminine after he's, you know, gone through those archetypal initiations and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying a little bit better than that right now. I'm going to let it all um, settle, but I've been getting, um, you know, we're always listening to what the, the consciousness is, is providing. And in the past, few years especially i think that there are these shortcuts isn't the word but it's the word that i have in this moment these um like timelines are quickening consciousness mm. is quickening there's an invitation for us to come into unity and we don't have to go the long and hard way um and so i'm just honoring that what you're saying is like come on everyone it's um it's here and it's available and and we learn together so yeah just appreciating your unified approach and yeah, and involved consciousness of your approach yeah and you. and and still that thank you so much and i i received it fully um as much as as i can in this moment 
it's also all of what I'm saying that doesn't mean it's easy, right? Right. Because shortcut, you're right. It's not the right word. I don't like it myself and I didn't right. have another word. But it's ultra hard, actually. <laughs> the short, the, if you have a shortcut when it comes to expanding in consciousness, it also means there is much more responsibility involved. There is much more movement yes. of energy and, and intensity. And right. I also want to say that this is not necessarily for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and what I mean by that is, of course, everyone can, 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 can do, can do some work around healing their, their inner masculine and feminine and, and, and yeah, whatever that is, but in this line of work, sacred intimacy, deep intimacy, whatever label we want to use. But my approach is completely radical. I am in a relationship to reach the highest state of awakening. And every time I make a choice or I show up in a way that is not resembling that yearning, that core intention, I have to do my work. I have to reflect upon it and I have to change my behavior, my thoughts, the rewiring of my nervous system. So this is basically, it's this, not everyone has this radical context and intention also. Like a lot of people want to just have fun in a relationship, right? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having fun, just enjoying each other. And fun is really important. But if you want to have that archaic, deepest intimacy and true union of the masculine and the feminine, then it will be an intense journey and it will be radical. Yeah. Yeah. And just because there is a shortcut, and like you said, I, I love what you said there, and um, that's, it's very hard to put it into words that this just, we're able to ascend and to evolve in consciousness now much quicker, right. also on a collective level, almost like the veil is lifting and it's just much easier to tap into that. But just because it's easy to tap into it does not mean that the path itself is easy. It requires all of you, but, but that is the beauty, right? The beauty of this path is that it requires all of you. Because when all of you is required, you go beyond mind. When just a little bit is required, you don't go beyond mind. Hmm. And, and so it's, it's, it's not comfortable. But, but that feeling of, of this feeling of stretching outside of your comfort zone is stretching beyond just an um, intellectual understanding of it. But to really, truly drop into that, to trust that innate flow. And, and, and also... Something that I feel really called to share here is, and I said this before, but now I can say it's a little bit more clearer. The mind asks so many questions about, okay, what do I say here? What do I do here? How does, how does this union work? But all of that will make sense when you do the work to choose to trust that more than your own limitations, than your own fears, than your own karma. It will just make sense. So what I'm saying here is, yes, it's not easy, but when you are truly dropped in, it will just all make sense. There will be this knowingness and this knowingness will wash away insecurity and doubt and fears about, about this journey because there is such an intensity to this journey. Right, right. Thank you. Beautiful. As you were talking, there's a clarification that you made that I want to point out that the reason that you are in relationship is for the evolution of consciousness. Hmm. And what you are talking about, the kind of relationship that you're talking about is a mutually spiritual uh, relationship. And so I think that some of my questions even may have been um, attuning to uh, some, some common questions that I receive around, well, you know, how do I get the man to come along with me? Or, um, you know, can, can my relationship evolve this way? And uh, I don't know that those questions need answers in this moment, but I, I do want to uplift the intention and mutuality 
that you and your partner have in that kind of union. And the, you know, it's like, yes, there's going to be trial. We are going to experience suffering. We are going to come up against um, to more blocks that we, you know, work with the energetics to move. And then we experience more consciousness. Um, But the fact that you are doing that together consciously makes all the difference. That's mm-hmm. your commitment. Yeah, and it's it's in the end, it's just about true devotion and true commitment. It's there is gonna be fuck ups. There's gonna be moments where, and also, it's not it's not just all rainbow and sunshine. This 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 journey, and and there is a there is such a, f- a fierceness and intensity on, on this path, and evolving right and and growing together that is you are being truly trans a relationship is being truly transformed in in the fire of challenge right and um is being forged in the fire of challenge and there will always be challenge but but that kind of challenge is is exactly what's needed because and the way I like to put it is this way is there is challenge and there is intensity, but through, like you said, commitment and devotion to walk this conscious journey together, you're always able to overcome that challenge, which means you're always somehow beyond challenge. And, and this is the thing people want to reach a state where there is no challenge anymore, but you want to be reaching a state where challenge does no longer have that impact on you. Mm. And, and I believe that is where true transformation occurs. Um, even if you are really dropped in and you are in this evolution of consciousness, you'll be greatly challenged by life in, in many, many, many ways. And, and your trauma might come up, right? You might be so in the dance, but trauma on your end comes up, trauma on the other end comes up. But mm-hmm. if you are truly dropped into the dance, then, then, <laughs> then the intensity and fire and all of that will just alchemize and use that. So I would even go as far as saying it's good that people have abandonment wounds and triggers and Mm. trauma to some degree, because that makes the, the whole, first of all, that creates necessity, necessity for change, like a yearning. I mean, without my trauma and suffering, I wouldn't have said one day, okay, fuck that. Either I'm totally free or I'm going to die right now because it makes no sense for me to just be in this trauma and suffering constantly. So, and also it has a beauty to it. There is a beauty in, in pain or in, in, in challenge, right? Because it makes us realize that true union and love is always beyond that. So it stretches our heart into all the places which feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful thing to say. Yeah, there's that's the potential and we're allowing ourselves to stretch to that. Laureen, thank you so much. Is there anything else before we close that's just on your heart to share mm. or anything you want to share? I think you have a new membership uh, coming up. So yeah. I want to give you a couple of moments to share any last thoughts. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation. The last thoughts, or no, let's start like this. Yes, I've got a, I've got a the Lorin Crane membership, which is which is launching, which is launching. I mean, we're right now in March, but which is launching in a couple of days, Great. which is one of which is one of our most exclusive offers from me and my team. Really about about um, this is really about being consistently engaged in the deep inner work to experience one breakthrough after the other in creating deep intimacy within yourself and in intimate relationships, especially with a focus on masculine feminine embodiment. However, my last words um, that are coming through me are this journey to, 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 to stretch into this, to open your heart towards what we're sharing here is worth it. Yeah. It is it is just worth it because nothing nothing is nothing can triumph than these embodied 
experiences where you get these glimpses of absolute blissful true union and it's like you're just one with the universe one with the infinite consciousness and it's within these moments where you heal at a subconscious level it is within these moments where the most intense shadow work is done and you're able to free yourself of so many burdens and it's also within these moments where you realize how precious it is to be in this human experience and to be in a human body and mm. to experience all of that I love that. Yes, I totally agree with you. And yeah, while we do on this podcast talk about the real so much and the gritty so much, I'm so glad that you brought it back to that. Um, Recently, I've been talking about how the choice to embrace this and embrace your path is not at all selfish because when we do experience union and we come as women into this place of the Oracle, uh, my experience is I have so much more love to give the world. And so the evolution of consciousness happens through us as we embrace this path. I believe. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. We have more to give. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here and sharing your deep wisdom with us. And um, what is your website, just so people can hear it and check check you out? Yeah, so the best you can find me everywhere is just Lorin Kren. My website, lorinkren.com. On Instagram, my main platform, Lorin Kren. <laughs> on, on podcasts, Lorin Kren, everywhere. Just <laughs> everywhere. Where, <laughs> yeah wherever you want to find me and whatever medium suits you more wonderful yeah. i know some people will be looking thank you so much thank you this is sarah poet of embodied breath and thank you so much for listening to today's episode i'm curious what was your biggest takeaway Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected and here's to your path of sacred remembering.